That's right. right. That's why I hate the whole, you know, get punched in the mouth and get up and get punched again, right? It's like, <laughs> no, that's not. It's also why I hate the term no pain, no gain. Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. It's Saturday the 6th of January. Happy New Year. How's your 2024 so far? I hope you're well and staying as sane as you feel you need to be. I'm your host, Ian Truscott. I'm a three-time CMO and trusted marketing advisor. And in this weekly podcast, I aim to share the marketing street knowledge that I hope will inspire your inner rock star with the help of chums I've met on my journey from sysadmin to CMO. Come say hello. You can find links to me and my guests in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com or on LinkedIn at rockstarcmo. And the show is brought to you by the Marketing Podcast Network. After the excitement of last week's compilation show, it's back to a simpler format with my regular guests. First, Jeff and I kick off the new year with our five effing marketing fundamentals, now available as an ebook. And I then join Robert in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar, who shares a fantastic cocktail and his word for 2024. But first, <laughs> we need to play the bar tab. I'll be back in a moment. We'll be right back. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. On to our first segment, the Rockstar CMO Studio with Jeff Clark, our resident strategy advisor, former forest and research director. And this week, we are back to our five effing marketing fundamentals. Happy New Year for 2024. Thank you, buddy. How was your trip for the holidays? I, it was great. Uh, it's like, you know, the past couple of years, we have been uh, flying to Norway for the holidays. And this time we went to the mm. beaches of South Carolina. It, so it was very different. <laughs> Needless to say, there was no snow. <laughs> and there was a lot of sunshine. And we were walking on the beach in 65 degree Fahrenheit weather. So uh, oh, it was a very, it was great great holiday break and uh back and ready to roll excellent excellent how Sounds about yourself fabulous. yeah we had we've had a lot of wind and rain and so neither the neither the lovely snow that you would have had if you'd gone to the nordics nor the sunshine that you had going to the carolinas so we were stuck in the middle with the with the misery what did you come back to what's the weather in massachusetts like have you got snow cold cold we may, we may have our first snow coming up this weekend Cool. Is it I mean, cold and crisp? Serious. Cold and crisp, yes. And bright, yeah. I like the cold, crisp, bright. I'd rather that than the uh, miserable grey we've had all day today. But then, I don't know, I think the re listener might be a bit bored of hearing me moan about the miserable <laughs> grey here because everybody knows what the UK weather's like. <laughs> so anyway, let's get on to the topic. Uh, so um, we're sort of kicking off the new year and I kind of kicked it off a little... Well, I ended 
the new the I ended the well, old last year, year didn't I last time with with a, with a compilation episode and this year we're sort of kicking off the new year and what we thought we'd do is uh, is give our five effing marketing fundamentals another little run around um, because uh, we've also published them as an as what what the rest of the world calls an ebook but uh, I call it a long play or we call it a long play which um. <laughs> which uh, I like that you you wanted me to describe that as an EP. I don't know whether the cool kids know what an EP is. <laughs> I guess it's a bit dated. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody knows that LP stands for long play either. So, yeah, really. <laughs> so, so the whole play on words thing doesn't work. But as you say, it's five great tunes. It is not package. a one-hit wonder, I'll tell you that much. It's a <laughs> five-hit wonder. <laughs> yeah. So we've so we published that as a, as a little flip book on the website, and you can find that at rockstarcmo.com forward slash five which keeps it easy or there's actually a link to it on the home page as well um so shamelessly plugging our own thing oh and by the way it's ungated so help yourself uh help yourself yeah and send donations if you're if you you feel guilty for for the value that you're getting for nothing (laughs) well you can sign up to our newsletter there is a there is a form and it's not really a form it's just you know sticking your email address if you if you want to be kept in touch with what we get up to here um but it's an ungated asset called the five effing fundamentals of marketing it's not very long but it uh so it helps yourself to that anyway so we thought we'd we thought we'd talk about our five FM marketing fundamentals today, kick off the new year, and uh, promote our little ebook. Um, and I think one of the things. So um, I'll get to you in terms of why these are important in a main in a sec, Jeff. Um, but I think the premise, the basic premise of the five FM fundamentals, is that we don't think marketing has to be complicated. That it's built on these five essential elements that we uh, cover. Um, and those five fundamentals, as you can read in the ebook or in the LP, long play, is the first one is the master plan. Then there's the knowledge, the story, the campaign and the machine. And we'll go through each of those one at uh, each time. As I usually say, I'm going to play the role of the the lady that wanders around the ring with the ring number. <laughs> 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 I don't know what one. vision. <laughs> I don't Ding. know. What. <laughs> I don't know what vision that sets up. So why don't we start, before we dive into the five, let's start off with uh, why are these fundamentals important, Jeff? Well, I think, you know, whether, you know, you're building a team, whether it's a CMO or marketing leader, uh, you know, in, in, in charge of a you know significant part of the business, um, or you need to just perform, perform a transformation. Things aren't going well, and you got to like re- mm-hmm. hit the reset button. Then you got to assess what's working well, what's not working well. And I think this gives you a way to focus not just on, you know, oftentimes we're focused on the people. You know, do I have the yeah. right people in the right places? But we need to like broaden the the you know the telescope out a little bit and say, you know, processes, resources. You know, we'll get into the machine, then you get into the technology. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. what are the elements? that are really important. And again, like you said, you know, let's, let's not overcomplicate it. Let's keep it kind of simple. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think when you, when you focus on these simple five, um, you put yourself in a better position to, for success. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing about the, the ebook as well is we've kind of broken it down into these five effing fundamentals. And within each one of those, there's like five steps or five things that you should consider. So we've really tried to break down. And it's, it's, it doesn't try and explain everything. We try and do that on this podcast. And we'll try and support that <laughs> with the blog and stuff as well. But it, that's that's basically the premise there. So. Uh, yeah, so I think that's that's great. So that's why they're important. I also think, um, Jeff, it's for anybody, right? Um, whether you're starting a new gig or whether you're just looking at what you've yeah. got going, there's something in there for anybody, any everybody. kind of marketer, I think. Yeah, okay. So. Where do we start? <laughs> I thought you weren't going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> What's number one? <laughs> All right, so number one is the master plan. So the master plan is our business objectives and outcomes. So as we say, where are you going? How are you contributing to the business? Does anyone care about marketing at your company? Simply put, the master plan describes where the company aims to go, how marketing can help get you there, and how will you know if you've made it? What say you, Jeff? <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that the, um, you know, the marketing team you know, has to understand, you know, how the company is defining success, what's marketing's contribution to be to that. How are we going to track that? You know, so this is all about, as we've discussed in, in previous shows, objectives and key results for marketing. And I think it's really important that the that marketers, I mean, whether you're, you know, doing the design work on the website or you're, you know, the campaign planner or you're in, you know, marketing ops, you, you kind of need to know what's, what's the purpose, you know, what, yeah, what are we yeah. all doing this for? Cause sometimes yeah. you come in and as you often say, you know, marketing is not the coloring department anymore. Well, if we're not coloring, you know, what are we doing? Are we, are we generating uh, opportunities and revenue? Or are we, you know, if, are we massaging customers and making sure they're having a good experience? What, what, what is it that is our purpose and how are we going to measure that to know that we're, working in the right direction and succeeding. Right, yeah. So this is about aligning our marketing objectives, our OKRs and all that kind of good stuff with the business objectives. So understanding business objectives and aligning against those. And as you know, I think I've said this several times on the show before, and when anybody ever asks me about what is the objective of marketing, I always talk about awareness, revenue and trust, although we don't really dive into it in the ebook, but I write about it plenty other places. So my view is, is that marketing's role is to create art to create awareness revenue and trust and um although most you talk to ceos they like the revenue bit and would like that to be first but <laughs> then the i'll take is... care of the trust buddy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, I think, so i think that's a good example of the sort of model that you need to align with what the business objectives are so that's number one so the master plan number so hang on should i let you ask me then what's number two <laughs> what's number two <laughs> i thought you were the, the you were the lady with the card saying here we are <laughs> ding 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 round two starts okay so number two is the knowledge so this is all the research and insights you need as a marketing team so and, and you took the words right out of my mouth there jeff so today we all hope the marketing is not hired for its looks but for its brains you are no longer running the crayons and coloring in department and as a former research director, I imagine this topic is close to your heart, Jeff. So what say you? This is, you know, and I think this is one area where I've seen CMOs, um, you know, struggle because sometimes the resources that create the insights they need might be in, you know, another division of the company. So, you know, maybe product marketing is in the product development organization or the, you know, the the analysts that do the business planning and do all the number crunching, they're you know, working under, uh, you know, some 
chief of strategy or, or something like that. And so, so it's like, you know, do I have access to those resources? Are they helping me give the insights or, or do I actually personally own those resources? And I become a resource to the rest of the company because, oh, yeah. you know, you know, you, you, it's hard to do as we get further into the fundamentals. It's hard to do, uh, do it properly unless you have an ideal customer profile. You have an anal- analysis of the customer's needs. Yeah. You've got input from like win loss or other competitive analysis to know, you know, what customers are thinking, what's working, what's not working in terms of how the whole organization is going after revenue and opportunities. So, um, so this is to me this is a a, a key input uh and and one that the CMO needs to wrestle uh mm. to to get the resources they need whether it's within their uh, you know reporting directly to them or whether it's in another part of the organization. Well yeah and I I think that as you mentioned there this is a, this is where marketing can be a resource to the whole company right is that it's not just marketing that needs this insight it's the product guys it's um, any of the sales Bales. decisions, commercial decisions you're making, right? So I think this is a great opportunity for us to build a capacity within the business that then demonstrate that, that's then builds trust of marketing within the rest of the business, right? As I was make, saying, you know, we're not the coloring in department. It's not just about creative. It's about data. It's about coming up with that stuff. So I think that's spot on there, particularly understanding that ideal customer profile because, Everybody needs to know who those people are, right? Whether you're in service, in sales or in marketing, you need to know who those guys are. So, and I think as well, don't you think, Jeff, this is probably the thing we come back to most often when we talk about any marketing topic. It's always about understanding why and who for, right? Yeah. Yeah. How can you build content? How can you run a campaign and know what's going to work? How can you, you know, um, uh, you know, how do you know who you're trying to talk to in the market if you haven't done the research? It, it's too easy to make assumptions yeah. or let sales tell you or let the product team oh, yeah. tell you. And it's like, well, if they, ha- I mean, if they've done the research, then fine. But if they haven't really done the research, then yeah. you're you're going to be missing your mark. Well, each of these rabbit holes, I mean, like I was saying about the LP or the ebook, is it's quite brief. So we haven't gone down each of these rabbit, but this. I mean, there's so much here, Jeff, isn't there? I mean, when we actually write the book of the five F in marketing fundamentals, I think this will be a big chapter. So absolutely. This is a whole warren of rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> which leads me on to, as you mentioned there, number three, which is the story. So this is about brand and content marketing. So this fundamental is defining the story you want to tell. Your story starts with your brand, what attributes your company wants to be known for, and what people will say about you when you're not in the room, and dives into our differentiated point of view, consistently told in a language and relevance that engages the audience. What say you, Jeff? Well, you know, we've been, uh, we've talked about storytelling and I know mm-hmm. you've you've talked about it in the blogs and stuff um, mm-hmm. many many times, and you wrote this section for ebooks. So <laughs> let you give us the overview overview, um, and I think this is actually it's interesting. A um, a comment from one of our friends of our show, Grant Johnson, had made yeah. about CMOs going into uh, new organizations that yeah. that don't give brand its due, uh, and so I think. You know, this is where, you know, you've got to like, you know, re sort of assess is the company, does the company know what marketing can do for it if it really doesn't understand how important this is? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I mean, yeah, I mean, that's getting back to that color and in department comment again, isn't it? It's like, um, 
if 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 you don't understand the capability of marketing to tell the story and the importance of the story and the importance of the brand attributes and this is also not about channel or about uh tactic this is about what is our story what is it that we want to tell the world what how does our product help how all that kind of good stuff right um so um yeah so yeah I did write this so the five points that uh, that were in that were in the ebook and when I you know I keep downplaying it because it is just five paragraphs it isn't five chapters is um basically to know your why so um you know why is it you're doing it do the knowledge the thing we just talked about just now one of the things I think I encourage people to to do when they're doing their content strategy and writing their stories is to be useful so how am I helping that buyer so that goes back to that point we were making about understanding customer needs understand why you so why would somebody come to you for this information what can you provide them that's different and then the thing with content is you've got to launch it like it's a product so like this podcast or like a ebook that we're talking about build it people aren't going to come you've got to think about how you're going to market your story how you're going to market your content on that part of that content marketing so that's that that, there were the five things i put into that particular section so i think that the that the thing is with our research in hand, hopefully we understand what the market, our prospects, our customers, the people that are influencing their decisions, what they think of us. And there is likely a gap between that and what reality is. So, you know, how do we tell the credible story of our value that, that, that brings the customer around to wanting to engage with us? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, as I think one of the things we were talking about before we got on the show is just the the importance of of building stories into the way you talk about your organization, the way you talk about the value of the products, because people will understand stories better than they will lists of facts, figures, benefits, yeah, blah, 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 features and stuff. And you know, most people get that, but they don't necessarily put that into practice. And it is, you know, it's not a uh it's a, not an easy skill to apply to. I mean, mm-hmm. we always tell stories about ourselves. You know, I grew up in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And da, 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 da. How do you tell that about the organization and what it's providing and, and fill in that gap between their concept and their perception of you and yeah. what you really can do for them? Oh, there's a ton we could talk about on this stuff, on, on all of it, all of this. Absolutely agree. And um, I think as well, I think what you were talking about there about being credible is the story has to be credible if you're a boring yes. if you're a boring company don't pretend you, i don't mean boring i mean if you're a self safe risk averse company don't try and stick on a silly tie and be the yeah. cool kid in the room yeah. um but also and i think that leads on to like the word of the year i think in 2023 which is authentic according to one of the calendars that wasn't one of the calendars one of the dictionaries uh that didn't say it was going to be riz but so and i think i think we say authentic almost in every show so i think that's that's that isn't it so that's nicely actually you you referring to that to well i mean also i was talking about the tactics and stuff like that and then so that moves us nicely on to number four which is the campaign so and this is campaign planning and execution and so um the way that i think we frame this is this is marketing's job to be done so this is the thing that most people would associate with doing marketing the first three things are basically your homework and your prep and how you know the inputs for how you're going to communicate when you're going to communicate and with your customers and prospects and this is really when the rubber hits the road so this is a very you know this is the part that like I say, most people associate with marketing. It's our job to be done. What say you, Jeff? Because I know you've got so you've got a really good 
view about campaigns and they're not these little things that you run on one channel. What's your definition and how do we yeah, move this, forward? This was certainly a main mantra when I was working at uh, Serious Decisions and, and yeah. Forrester and, and something that, that, you know, I reflect back on my career and when things worked versus when, you know, we were just on the hamster wheel. <laughs> it was yeah, that, yeah, is yeah. that if you really can focus your your marketing execution in a small number obviously this is relative to the size of the organization, small number of campaigns that are really focused on a specific set of customers and a unique set of needs, then you build efficiency and effectiveness into your, into the way your marketing teams work and, and mm-hmm. clients that I've, uh, that I worked with to help transition from, you know, kind of product based campaigns to a more of a needs based campaign is they get better results. Mm-hmm. In terms of engagement and whatever the other OKRs are, they get, they do less activity. So it's like you get more stuff, but with less activity. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, who, who wouldn't want that? That's, you mm-hmm. know, being efficient. And they also get better reporting because you can determine what the return of investment is at a campaign mm-hmm. level. Cause it's very hard to do, you know, this, uh, we've talked about this many times before. You can't do an ROI on a webinar, an email, uh, the website. Uh, you know, it's like, it, yeah. It's that's down at too low a level to get something that's a meaningful return on investment. But when you roll it up into, you know, we have, well, I'm just going to pull numbers. We have three campaigns. Those campaigns are focused on some combination of increasing brand mm-hmm. awareness, perception, revenue generation, customer mm-hmm. satisfaction. Okay. Now I have, now I have a way that I can actually show marketing's impact on the business, mm-hmm. which is very difficult to do at that tactical level. Yeah, so I think the main message from this, really, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we talk about around campaign planning and execution, is the level at which you set a campaign and the fact that you should have a limited number going on because if you have, because the, your buyer isn't going to remember 17 different freaking ideas and campaigns. It, but if you really, like you say, go deep on three, you're going to resonate and you're going to cut through and it's going to work and you, you don't actually because a lot of the work is in the planning and the ideation and the crea- creativity stuff isn't it it's running the campaign is relatively uh, less effort so you you get you, you you get to reuse all of that effort and you have to tell a story overall yeah you know it's yeah. like when you think about all the different types of tactics it's like you got to tell yeah. the story over those tactics it's like how can you do that when You've got, uh, you know, mm. five products with mm. different launch schedules and different, mm. you know, and overlapping with your audiences. Yeah. It's just, it becomes impossible. Yeah. And I, I always think that everything should ladder up and down, right? So, um, you know, the the individual campaign that you're running, as in not campaign, as in your terminology of campaign, I mean, like an individual email campaign or something yeah. like that. The why are you doing it? The topic that you're doing should already already be defined by if you ladder up and look at the overall campaign, look at the customer needs and all that stuff. It just naturally falls out. You're not sort of scratching your head on Monday going, what should we email everybody about today? <laughs> <laughs> so you have it all set up it's, and it's consistent. All right, cool. So um, talking about email and talking about technology there, and <laughs> as usual, Jeff, we're running out of time. Um, <laughs> I'll move on to the fifth which is the machine, which is... Uh, I love um, this part, the machine. <laughs> the machine, which is our marketing operations enablement. Again, uh, somewhere that I know that 
you and a number of the friends of the show have got strong feelings about. So how we define this, you need a marketing machine of the moving parts of people, process and technology and data to do the job, operationalize our fundamentals and execute the CMO vision. To maintain it, you need analytical tools and skills to answer questions about how your technology enabled human machine is working. I'm not sure about that. A technology-enabled <laughs> human machine. I needed data-driven in there somewhere, but yes. You so did, yeah, or AI, sorry, AI data-driven, technology-enabled human machine. <laughs> uh, what say you, Jeff? <laughs> well, it is. I mean, this is the uh, you know the capabilities to execute the plan. I mean, you you mm. you laid it out: people, process, data, technology, and yeah. and one of the things that you know that I often you know working with a with a company is like if you set up the the goals, the OKRs mm. at the beginning, then one of the things you should do is to say, okay, you know, how are we positioned with these resources to actually execute on this goal, and is there a gap? You know, do we have the right people skills do we have the right process in place um you know do we have the right technology you know Mm -hmm. we've we've talked about doing tech assessments before and do we have access and ability to and the skills to leverage the data that's required to run the campaigns and um and so for every for every goal for every campaign you should probably do a, a gap analysis uh Mm -hmm. to understand whether you've got what, what you need in place and if not, then how do I how do I fix that? Um, yes. And that becomes part of your plan as well. So as as much as the, you, we say, you know, the campaigning is the big part of our work. Well, you know, getting the resources, people, process, skills, technology, or uh, data and technology in place to execute is another big job that uh, that you usually hand over to the marketing ops team or the revenue ops team, uh, and it's uh, key to ex- executing the vision. Splendid. So there are our five fundamentals, which you can pick up at rockstarcmo.com forward slash five or find the link on our homepage. Or I think there's another link which takes you to the long plays. Anyway, you'll find it. Uh, and those five fundamentals, as we just discussed, them are the master plan, the knowledge, the story, the campaign and the machine, as you just heard from from Jeff there. So, Jeff, those are our five effing fundamentals. We move and we've done the weather. We've done the holidays. Next on our <laughs> next on our agenda is what are we going to play out with? I think we're playing out with the creator has a master plan by Brooklyn Funk Essentials. Brooklyn's where my daughter lives, by the way. 1984. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Although we aren't the creator, but we do have a master plan. So I think that's fantastic. We'll play out with that. And will I see you in the studio next week, Jeff? Absolutely. All right, man. I'll see you then. Sounds good. Take care. Cheers. Bye. No. Thank you, Jeff. And that was The Creator Has a Master Plan by the Brooklyn Funk Essentials from 1994. And as I might have mentioned about a dozen times there, you can grab a copy of our five FN Marketing Fundamentals long play from our website. You can go to rockstarcmo.com slash five or there is a link on the homepage and it's not gated. And if you grab it and like it, please let us know what you think. 
Right, it's that time of the week. To wind down in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar and join the chief troublemaker at the content advisory, Robert Rose, for a cocktail and a marketing thought. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Ah, uh, welcome to the bar and ha- happy new year. Happy, happy new, year, new year, indeed. Uh, yeah, we have a wonderful new year cocktail. I mean, it's not really a New Year's Eve cocktail here in the bar, mm-hmm. but um, but 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 nonetheless, a, a a wonderful one to have before you actually have to go back to work, um, <laughs> which I'm finding is basically the 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 entirety of this week because nobody's back to work oh, yet. Isn't so. that amazing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, but next week I suspect uh-huh. will uh, yeah. will will open the floodgates as it were so it's a great one to have this weekend and mm-hmm. you know to sort of cap things off for a new year start it mm-hmm. off right and it's uh a- and basically we call this a 25th hour so i thought it might be nice you know the 25th hour as it were uh of the the last hour of the new year holiday mm-hmm. uh and it's a wonderful drink it's a little more complex than some of our other cocktails uh but it starts with basically a any one of your favorite single malt scotches will do. So one and a quarter parts of that. So, you know, if you like whatever single malt scotch you like, and it shouldn't be too peaty, basically. The the less peaty, the better. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, then you have uh, a port, and this is going to add sweetness wow. to it. So the recipe calls for what they call a late bottled vintage port, mm-hmm. which basically just means a very young port. Because mm-hmm. um, port's typically aged a little longer, um, mm-hmm. but after it, it gets bottled. But I, I don't really love late bottled vintage ports because they're a little too sweet for me. So mm-hmm. I go with the uh, just regular port. So you go uh, three quarts or three three quarters of a part of that. So mm-hmm. in other words, you've got one and a quarter ounces of your favorite scotch, and then maybe three quarters of an ounce of your favorite port, mm-hmm. and then a little bit, uh, ha- another half part or half ounce of Nonino Amaro, which we've used many times uh, on the show because yeah. it's one of my favorites, yeah. uh, and then a little bit of, you know, a dash, and I like two heavy dashes of Angostura uh, bitters, uh, and then garnish with a lemon twist, and this is a shaken, you shake it all up and, yeah. and over ice, pour it uh, over into a chilled nice martini glass, typically. It's got a beautiful color yeah. to it, you know, very dark brown almost amber in color and it's a wonderful i mean it'll it'll put you under the table for sure but uh (laughs) it's very intense flavor um but it's but it's lovely to sort of cap off everything (laughs) start the year as you mean to go on under the table that's right exactly (laughs) and what are you calling that robert it's a 25th hour yeah 25th hour i love it and i've never i don't think i've ever had a cocktail with port in it so i'm keen to give this a go i think that's that's fun and when are you going to publish your your book of cocktails because i think it, i mean we've always talked about your uh, other book I think yeah it's, time, it's right? you know it's 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 yeah. it's in the back of my head and if i can ever get the time to do it yes I do have a concept for the whole thing, but it, it's wow. a it's it's a bit of a labor of love would have to happen, yeah, and I may my, maybe I'll try and do it this year. Yeah, absolutely. And is that one? Well, <clears throat> we'll probably get onto what do we get. So, where are we going to drink this lovely twenty fifth hour then, as the as the New Year starts? Well, I think you know, as as we've been spending the holidays at home, it feels mm-hmm. like we should both be at home for this um, <laughs> because it'll be the last one before we actually start True. traveling again. Yeah. Um, and so it's enjoying one more week at home. Mm-hmm. 
sort of snuggled by a fire. Yes. It's raining outside. It's raining here in Southern California, and I I know England being England, it's raining there. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, yeah, it's 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 you know, it's a good it's a good drink for by the fire, snuggling nice. up for the last winter time, and then mm-hmm. and then getting ready for next year. I love it. I love it. And um, when um, the topic turns to marketing, as it so often does with us, Robert, what are we talking about this week? Well, I thought a debut. So, you know, one of the things that I do every year and have for mm-hmm. the last 10 is to choose a word Yes. Um, for the year. Instead of making resolutions, uh, instead of making sort of, you know, I, I do intentional planning every year where I sort of yeah write out my intentions for the year, like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But those aren't necessarily resolutions. They're rather sort of just what, like what I said, they're, they're mm-hmm. intentions, but they all then found, find themselves into one word, which I find very helpful have for the last, as I say, decade. Um, and, you know, I mean, cause this is the time of year for that, right? This is, you know, this mm-hmm. is the time of year you dust off the gym membership card and you try and remember, <laughs> you know, all those diets, the keto, the Mediterranean, the paleo, the raw, whatever diet you're not going to do. Um, and, and then, you know, try and figure out what, what it is you're going to do, uh-huh. uh, that basically fits all the food that you actually want to eat. Um, <laughs> but my word for 2024 is mm-hmm. imagination. Um, and, Interestingly, though, I have a specific lens through which I'm looking at that word. So I was mm-hmm. trying to think of what my word would be mm-hmm. for this year. Um, and I was over the holidays trying to think, hey, what, what am I want? And I had a whole list going and I was thinking this and thinking that. None of it was really hitting. Then I watched one of my favorite movies in the entire world, which is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, nice. Not the new, not any of the new ones, the, no. the, the classic, right? Yes. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, um, absolutely. And one of my favorite songs on the entire planet ever written. Um, and in fact, as a musician, I think it may be the most beautiful song ever written which is imagination, pure imagination. Yeah. Um, and the lyrics, when I heard Gene Wilder singing it, it was like, that's my word. Mm. Um, and because it, it captures to me what imagination really means. So the, mm. the lyrics, you know, remember, uh, are, if you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do, do it. Not want to change the world, there's nothing to it, mm. which is a world of pure imagination. God. And- Basically, the way that I take that, the way that the lyrics say that is that, you know, we often define being imaginative as like, you know, hey, thinking outside the box or Mm -hmm. conjuring up some original story or, you know, thinking about a new product or something like that. And in that regard, imagination is something you do, right? It's an activity and you're trying to create something. And basically the activity involves making the time or the headspace or whatever it is for imagining whatever that output is going to be. Mm-hmm. But the song, which I love so much, it basically assigns imagination a much deeper meaning. And and what it does is that it sees the world, the entirety of the world, as your creation, no matter what it is. So it encourages you to go out and see the world around you as you want to see it. And then if you can do that, if you can do that in a in a productive way, well, then as it said, there's nothing you can't do to change it to make it all real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so- it it fit perfectly for me because as I've said on this show and on my show and others, you know, t- I'm, I am not sad to see 2023 go away. <laughs> please go, please go yeah. as fast as you can. Yeah. Um, and my word last year was balance. Mm. 
where mm-hmm. I wanted to balance a lot more things, my work life, my business life, mm-hmm. and, you know, sort of uh, all of that stuff. And the interesting thing was, is that it, as it came into this year, I think I, I kind of, I got that. I got a lot more balance in my life. I did live up to that word, but what I didn't anticipate was that that balance in often, often cases, balance doesn't mean equality, right? Balance yeah. means you, you are literally balancing something, even if the weights on either side of it are completely unequal. Yeah. And so I, while I achieved balance, I ended up unequal in terms of the th- kinds of things that I wanted to do. And, and right. quite honestly, it just, you know, 2023 threw, threw me for a, for a, for a business loop as it were. Yeah. So in imagination, I'm sort of looking at the world and saying, okay, I, now it is time for me to live out loud, live boldly, see the world as I want to see it and make it change to my, to my desires. Nice. I like it. I like it. And I like the process as well that you go through with this as well. And, and do you tie, because I know you do, um, you, you just mentioned not goal setting, but your intentions. Do your intentions match your word of the year? So do you come up with your word of the year first, then do your intentions or does the whole thing I do. work together? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah the first, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the first of those, I, I take the, I take the word yeah. and I use it as sort of the grounding right. foundation of, of then what, always ends up, I find anyway, always ends up being much more tactical. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, your intentions, you know, I want to close X amount of business. I want to, you know, I want to, uh, you know, I intend to, uh, you know, create a new product. I intend Mm. to get my things in order, you know, whatever those things are, they tend to be sort of task or project or initiative oriented. And so, that's why I always find starting there is tough because what it ends up becoming is kind of a laundry list, right? Yeah. And so by grounding it into the one word, what I find is so helpful is that it networks those things together to a common thing mm. mm-hmm. and so that each can feed on each. And then mm-hmm. I sort of edit that down and go, okay, what are the three or the five most important of those for me? You know, what do I feel like, you know, and one of the ways I do that, by the way, is I say it in the past tense, mm-hmm. like, you know, I intend to grow my business by X, blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, I grew my business by, X, oh, and I, nice. and I, I think about how that makes me feel. Yes. Um, and then I think about all of the, the ways that I could say that, like what would have to happen in order to say that yeah, to, yeah. you know, in order for that statement to be true. And that usually gives me a pit in my stomach or, <laughs> you know, or butterflies in my stomach or it makes me feel yeah. icky or it makes me feel great or it makes me yeah. feel happy or sad. You know, it get, there's some sort of emotion that comes along with it. Yeah. And so I start prioritizing based on that and, and saying, what do I really, really want? Right. Mm. And do you let that ickiness feeling guide you or do you think well, I'm just going to have to deal with these feelings in order to, you know, this goal that I have or this intention that I have is, is important and therefore why is, it, am I, why is it I'm feeling this way and what do I need to it do? It depends on the ickiness. Yeah, it depends on the yeah. ickiness. I mean, yeah. it, it, in a lot of ways what I find is, is that, you know, when we, when we make those intentions or the resolutions or goals or whatever they you know, end up calling them around success, our knee jerk or, you know, our lizard brain sort of response <laughs> is consensus success, you know, yeah. more money, more clients, more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I find is, is that it's often the, the, the real truth underneath that isn't that, right? 
it's, you know, it's like, and so I, I end up, when I feel that ickiness, I, the, it's, the answer becomes to ask why, why do I want that, right? If it makes me, you know, why, why am I saying that? It makes me feel icky. So why, why is that what I want? And, and if you start peeling back all those whys, eventually you get to something like, I want to be more comfortable or I want to be, I want to have yeah. more choice or I want to have, you know, I, it gets to a deeper intention yeah. and that's where I try and stick so that I can focus on the deeper level intention rather than the surface level consensus of what, you know, more business, right? Well, what does more business mean? Why do I want more business? Mm-hmm. And while well, more business equals more money, well, why do I want more money? Well, I want more money because I want more choice about what I do. I want more freedom. I want to feel more content. I want, and that mm-hmm. is the real thing, right? Mm, that's the that. real, that's the real idea that you're striving for, not the more. Yeah, I love that because that then derives out. I mean, I think I love your word of the year because I think it's almost like the value or goal, the rules, all values and goals of what you're going into that year. Really nice sort of touchstone. But I think that process you just talked about, which is why, why do I feel this way? Why do I want this thing? And, and, and dig into that and go, actually, I don't really want that. I'm doing it for somebody else or I'm doing it for narcissistic reasons or actually what do I really what's really going to be important this year to get done and is it is it to look popular and wonderful on LinkedIn and or to be successful in any other pursuit it's not it's a much deeper thing isn't it it can be yeah it can be I mean look I mean look you know I'm not going to kid anybody I'm not (laughs) (laughs) I'm not you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I'm not Buddha sitting up on a hill, right? You yeah, know, I'm yeah. also, I'm also thinking about like, hey, my checkbook is not good right now. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. so there are some short term <laughs> things I need to take care of some shit, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> I love that grounding. I love that grounding. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. we wandered off up the path of enlightenment for a moment there and you've brought us right back to, you yeah, know, I gotta mean, pay the fucking bills, man. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> There is some of that, right? But it's like, but but to the extent that you can elevate that stuff, yeah. it's I find that it gives you. So one thing that a spiritual mentor of mine once said to me was that it's easier to allow good things to happen in your life rather than to force good things to happen in your life. Wow! And 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 that allowing energy means opening up, right? It's an opening energy, mm. right? Where you yeah. you 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 state the intention of how you want to feel or what your day looks like or what your, you know, what the function of things are rather mm-hmm. than the form of them. And that allows many things to come to your doorstep yeah. rather than forcing your way through one sort of yeah. form of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's, um, there's a lot to be said for taking that more, I, I've actually heard it expressed like this, that become a surfer of life rather than, you know, try and cut through the waves. So you just that's right. roll with yeah. it and, and that's right. with it. Yeah, yeah that's it. right. I love it. Yeah, that's Great. right. That's why I hate the whole, you know, get punched in the mouth and get up and get punched again, right? It's like, no, <laughs> that's not. It's also why I hate the term no pain, no gain, right? Oh, it's, 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 I think those are flawed yeah. ways to look at yeah. living your life because- what you're what you're suggesting is is that you can't live your life without getting punched in the mouth, mm-hmm. and of course you're going to get punched in the mouth. But but if you if you're if you open up to that, and I like that metaphor, that surfing rather yeah. than sort of fighting the waves. Yeah, yeah. 
it's it, it gives you more flexibility to avoid getting punched in the mouth in the first place. <laughs> yes. But even if you do get punched in the mouth, well then you're then what you're doing is not getting up to get punched again. You're figuring out why you got punched in the mouth and then surfing yeah, the next yeah. wave, right? Well, also, I mean, if we really want to sort of deep this, is like sometimes those punches are only hurt because you want them to, or because you choose that they hurt, right? It's, of course, you know, exactly that right. So, That's yeah, exactly uh, right. I think it's excellent. Oh man, and I know that uh, we need we need to wrap up because I've been very lucky to grab a little bit of your time this week. I know you're exceptionally busy, so I'll. Um, I, but I could honestly talk to you about this stuff for hours, and I'd look forward to doing so at one point. Um, but one of the couple of things I wanted to quickly mention, and um, one of the things is we always talk about your website, but we don't talk about you know, what it is that content advisory do. So I don't know if you want to just mention for a minute, like what it is that content advisory do as we kick off the new year so that if people are interested in getting in touch, what, what is it? What, how can you help? People? Well, that's very kind of you. Yeah, that's very kind. Of, and, and interestingly, it fits right into our topic here because mm-hmm. we are making a bit of a pivot, um, right. not a pivot. It's, it's sort of a, it's a new wave. It's a, it's a wave that we're surfing. I mean, to be honest. And, and yeah. so f- f- what we have been doing for, a long time working with clients is to help them through content strategy, content operations, basically the people, the process, the technology of content in the business, and typically as a marketing and communications function. So helping people select technology, helping people work through uh, team skill sets, charters, standards, guidelines, playbooks of how to make content a more scalable, measurable, uh, and creative part of their of their marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we have started to switch over to, and you'll see this reflected on our website in, in not too short an order mm-hmm. is we've started to say, you know, and this is a too cute way of saying it, but I can't I, right <laughs> now. I haven't come up with a better way of saying it, which is content strategy as a service, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is content strategy in many organizations is something that everybody knows is important, yeah, yeah. but quite honestly, hasn't the headcount to do it. And so we've been offering up ourselves as sort of a fractional content strategy team um, in many ways. So we can help your strategy. We can help you implement that strategy and we can help you execute that strategy. So it's sort of a full, more of a full service approach to doing content strategy in, uh, in business. That sounds really exciting. And I I also think that seems to be the way that we're going with marketing with, uh, with fra- more fractional roles and and out and sort of things as a service, so I think that sounds really exciting. So, so I look forward to seeing that evolve and us talking about it on the podcast a little bit more. Um, so, nice. when people do want to see this website evolve and uh, and see your word of the year, where they're going to find that, Robert? Well, the find the word of the year post at Content Marketing Institute, where that's I continue true. to have my weekly article. Um, that's uh-huh. of course contentmarketinginstitute.com. and then our website, which will be changing yet again. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. I- Changed it this year, but it's going to change again, um, (laughs) which is contentadvisory.net. That's splendid. And uh, one of the things I also wanted to promote of yours is your podcast with Joe Polizzi, This Old Marketing. I think the last two episodes, um, well, the last two episodes, as we record this rather than as I publish it, were absolutely fantastic. You did a predictions show, which was amazing. And then you did this, this show about which was just like a, a, a confessional almost of some of the things that you and Joe have gone through. And I thought that was, a, that was an amazing, very disarming, very honest. And so what episode number was that? Do you remember of it? That was 408. 407 was the prediction episodes and 408 was the uh, – and 409 will be the one that's live as this goes to air cool. on Saturday. All right. yeah. Splendid. All right. So and when people spin the dial on the interwebs, where are you hanging out at the moment? 
Uh, LinkedIn is my primary of cho- uh, channel of choice. I'm loving LinkedIn. It's, you know, it's got its problems, but it's certainly the best of all of them. <laughs> and then threads, you know, and I yeah, am, yeah. I am sadly, um, cause I came on late, well, not late yeah. to LinkedIn, but there was already a Robert Rose. So I'm Rob Rose <laughs> on LinkedIn, uh-huh. um, and, uh, and, and Robert Rose, the more appropriate, uh, on uh-huh. threads. Splendid. And more importantly, not more importantly, and just as importantly for me, uh, will you be in the bar next week? Oh, of course. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have you'll have fixed up the place, and we'll we'll talk about all kinds of things. Yeah. I look forward to what I've done with the place next week. All right, mate. I'll see yeah. you then. Cheers. Thank you, Robert. So what would your word of the year be? Since chatting to Robert this week, I've been thinking about mine, and it's a great time of, of the year for that kind of introspection and goal setting. I haven't quite got there yet, but maybe I'll have something before the next episode. If you've got ideas, I'd love to hear them. You can contact me at ian at rockstarcmo.com. So that's a wrap on episode 199 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. I've been your host, Ian Truscott. Thanks to Jeff and Robert for sharing their insight. You can find links to the three of us, our work, in the show notes on rockstarcmo.com, along with our blog, newsletter, and all of our previous episodes. And thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and jiving along with us. I would love to hear from you, so please say hello or drop us a rating or review in your favourite podcast app or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week is our 200th episode. And as they say, consistency is key. I think we are celebrating with more of the same. Jeff and I will chat about the five dysfunctions of marketing teams. And Robert will no doubt drop a fab cocktail for the occasion and a thought in our virtual bar. Until then, have a great week. And I hope you again join us here next week on Rockstar CMO FM. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.